0: You know what? That's okay, because I think having um, a very thin layer of mastery and expertise spread out over a lot of different things is not nearly as powerful as having a level of mastery that is maybe narrow, but runs very, very deep. Um, and that's sort of, I, I think, it goes back to a little bit of what I was saying about, you know, needing to specialize as a, as a professional, um, that you have to say no to certain things in order to say yes to something.
1: Welcome to The Bold Brush Show, where we believe that fortune favors the bold brush. My name is Laura arango and I'm your host. For those of you who are new to the podcast, we're a podcast that covers art marketing techniques and all sorts of business tips specifically to help artists learn to better sell their work. We interview artists at all stages of their careers, as well as others who are in careers tied to the arts in order to hear their advice and insights. On this episode, we sat down with Catherine Bobkowski, an American figurative and still life painter who focuses on the poetic and quiet beauty of ordinary things, specifically flowers and floral arrangements. We talk about her background and what led her to specialize in florals and teaching, why it can be an excellent idea to specialize in a specific topic, and why connecting with others in an authentic way will take you further than any other marketing tip can. Finally, we talk about her upcoming workshop at the end of this month, And another workshop in 2024 at Warehouse 521 in Nashville, Tennessee. Let's begin. Hello, Catherine, and welcome to the Bolton Show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Laura. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. This is great because I think you're also a GCA person, right? You studied a GCA for a bit? Oh, a little tiny bit. Yes. Uh, That's
0: wow. (laughs) That was a long time ago. You did some research. I <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I lived in New York for a little bit. Uh, I went to NYU, and while I was there, I uh, went to Grand Central Academy for uh, just a little bit, but a very very influential little bit for sure. It made a big impact on me.
1: Oh yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mention it precisely because it's such a like it's like the type of place where even just a short period of time it's like Jesus.
0: Yeah. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very I, intense. I
0: completely agree with that. Very intense, and it. It changed the, the way I think that I looked at things because I was studying art a lot before I did that, but it was a very different approach, a much more, um, I, I think a much more West Coast kind of approach, a much more um, immediate, uh, impressionistic, uh, illustrative kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And going to a very, you know, um, a very traditional academic, very sensitive kind of place really rocked my world. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I think that influence is still with me today, for sure. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think it's something that you you can't. I wouldn't say get rid of, but <laughs> you can't. You know, like uh, it's almost like once you see it, you can't unsee yeah. it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I agree with
0: that. I feel yes. the same
1: way. Like, obviously, my work. You know, it's uh, it's very GCA, and actually, I'm in like in the middle of like trying to put it aside, which is actually really difficult um mm-hmm. yeah for experimentation sake but absolutely act- yes but back to you <laughs> um okay. so you did go through an academic you know sort of training from what i saw mm-hmm. and then also academic teaching but what i find intriguing is your subject matter because it's very few people i think go into flowers in my opinion like i've seen a lot of um flower painters but the in the academic realm, it's like a small little cluster, and it's really cute because it's like a yeah. bouquet of artists.
0: <laughs> oh, I love yeah. that! Oh my god, I'm a <laughs> bouquet. Adorable.
1: I'm in yes. a bouquet. Can yeah. I be the baby's
0: breath? Gosh, okay, okay. Yeah. I love baby's breath. <laughs> oh, I do too. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. Oh. Like little little clusters, it's so delicate. Yes. yes, so delicate.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, why? I feel flowers? like there was a question in there. Summer? Yeah, white yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh man well that's that's a really um that was kind of a journey. I mean i I was painting almost exclusively still life for probably over ten years now. Um, but I trained with doing of course a lot of figure drawing, a lot of portrait painting, figure painting, um all, all of that kind of stuff and i I think at first doing so much still life was kind of just a practical thing that I wanted to be able to paint from life whenever i wanted to and if you're painting still life of course you can do that um and somewhere along the line i discovered flowers i had a teacher actually who was very interested in garden roses and uh old world roses and stuff like that um and so that was kind of my introduction but um i found it to be just so difficult <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, flowers are so subtle and so nuanced and so complex i think just as much as a person in many ways and um maybe you felt this too a little bit uh, in your academic studies but um there's sort of a like machismo with um figure drawing and figure painting i think sometimes like Mm. this uh just the the approach or the style sometimes um i mean not for everybody certainly but i i did feel that a lot when i was in school and i didn't totally relate to that of course um and i think i on some level i knew that that wasn't where my voice as an artist was and that maybe there's something else out there that would be more me Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um and i figured out at some point that that was that had something to do with flowers um and then just besides that like from a, another practical standpoint as a teacher um i had students when i first started teaching that would come into my still life class and they might be very adept at drawing and painting the figure but even if i put a relatively simple still life in front of them um it would blow their minds like they just didn't necessarily know how to approach it and i realized that to really make uh, more well-rounded students um that actually they should study still life. Um, so, from a practical practical standpoint, that was um, uh, important to me as a teacher, especially starting out. But there's more to to flowers than than just that. Um, I, uh, I I feel like they are just very potent symbols of you know rebirth and regeneration. Um, you know, I especially love roses, which are perennials and Look at a rose garden in December, and it's just some dead, pointy sticks. It's mm-hmm. not very promising. And the same rose comes back year after year, though, even from that sort of uh, dead-looking place. Um, they take in all of this uh, leaf litter and detritus and dead stuff, and they turn it into this exquisite thing that promises rebirth and new life. Um, and I think that that's very beautiful <laughs> and very powerful, yes. right? It's not yes. a not a you know a whimsical silly uh thing. That's uh that's that's what it's all about to me. <laughs> so yeah. um
1: yeah.
0: I so I think about that a lot and uh that's been a really you know important part of me figuring out my voice as an artist is to connect with the subject on a on a deeper level and to think about what does it really mean to me beyond just being something that's beautiful. So I okay, hope yes. that answers your question.
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah that definitely answers it and okay and some <laughs> Yes, and some, because you're right. Flowers, it's like they have this personality to them, like each Mm -hmm. type of flower. And then I remember when I tried painting flowers for a while, I actually, I was looking at like Michael Klein, for example, because he's just like. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. So good. (laughs) Wow. Yowza. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I I actually got one of his um one of his dvds like one of the tutorials Mm -hmm. on like how to paint flowers and it was i think it was this peonies one i was like oh man (laughs) breathtaking i was like this is witchcraft i am watching sorcery and i feel the same way when i look at your work too i'm like witchcraft (laughs)
0: thank you i love it i take it as a compliment that it's witchy (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah. i mean it's um uh but i i I think it really is you know still the the fundamentals of figure drawing are there it's still completely present you know i think about gesture structure i think about how do small parts relate to the whole how do you tell a a cohesive you know a, a gesture right the same way that you would draw a gesture with a figure you mm-hmm. have to have that overall connection that overall unified quality even in this thing that has like a million little tiny fluffy petals you know um <laughs> so it all it all comes back from that same you know tradition of of drawing the figure uh it's just a different a d- different context i guess yeah
1: very different playing field because at least with the the figure it's like you know what to expect in terms of chroma in terms of value in terms of drawing with flowers you have these these like insane chroma shifts like especially yeah. <laughs> like when from the inside of the flower out it's like the, like the inside is usually like high chroma and then the petal depending obviously on the color of the flower but in general like the lighter colored ones i've noticed that that it's like high chroma and then it like neutralizes and then in the light it's like it's like a breath it's so fascinating
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah like a breath yes um I What I I find so fascinating, I mean, that was one thing that also drew me to painting flowers was the colors Mm -hmm. um, and the subtlety of the colors, too. And something that I have found just, you know, studying roses, especially more and more, is that while there is that kind of, um, you know, complexity that you just described, there's an underlying simple truth to it that... Mm -hmm. It might not be any shift in hue, it's only a shift in value and saturation, but the hue doesn't necessarily change. And I just find that to be so beautiful, even with all of this complexity that you see on the surface, underneath that, there's this kind of simple thing that's happening that you have to look very closely in order to see.
1: Yes. Very well said. And it's <laughs> God. It's so hard to capture flowers too. Sometimes, <laughs> especially because you know they they're dying in front of you. So it's it can be yeah really, really challenging. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like that's kind of part of my work too. That I mean, almost every flower I've ever painted was dead <laughs> by the time that I even started the painting. Sometimes. Yeah. Um. So I, there's something in that too. Something in there about um, having something that is dead and gone and almost, you know, regenerating it. Uh, Mm -hmm. but yes, I mean, I, I take a lot of photographs. (laughs) I have (laughs) flowers often in my refrigerator trying to keep them, keep them going, but (laughs) they do, they do die eventually. Yeah. I mean,
1: as things should, (laughs) it (laughs) is part of life. Yes it's apparently yes. jellyfish jellyfish are apparently immortal so oh
0: yeah I read that somewhere <laughs> okay well let's like get on a jellyfish tangent but <laughs> yeah
1: but that's it's still fascinating <laughs> it makes me wonder yeah um oh, yes. maybe painting jellyfish would be
0: <laughs> I would totally do that another thing I love to paint actually is goldfish and uh yes. any any kind of fish actually is kind of floating ethereal uh mm-hmm. thing so maybe jellyfish are next
1: yeah. yeah 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 oh man I would love to see that. They're also very ethereal and like,
0: yes, oh,
1: there's something alien uh, about
0: those like things. tissue paper, yeah, like, yes. like aliens, yeah, yeah, All right. Uh, inspiration ideas are coming, <laughs>
1: yes, yes. And speaking of inspiration and generally the path of the artist, I was very curious about how you know your path has been for you, how your journey has been since becoming an artist and now a living you know an artist living from your work and teaching, how has that journey been for you? Um, it's been interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I,
0: I'm very uh, stubborn and very hard-headed and so I, uh, I I think I have wanted to be an artist since I was a very little kid and I just didn't really um, deviate from that too much or at all, really. Um, That was always sort of uh, my uh, idea of what I would do with my life. And I never really had any strong idea about something else that I could do or any interest in doing other things. And I'm the kind of person that this was sort of an issue for me a little bit when I was in school. But if I don't want to do something like I just won't do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so um, I think a, a lot of, uh, a lot of people might say, well, you should do something practical and do art on the side or whatever, which I think is a perfectly good thing to do. Absolutely. Um, if you, I, I would almost say, if you don't have to ask your art to produce a living for you, then don't. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I was always a little bit too hard headed, I think, to, to see that as an option. Um, I'm not saying that that was a great idea or the easiest idea um, or gave me the, you know, um, the most convenient life, but it was just what I wanted to do. And I was in art schools, actually, from a really young age. And I uh, met a lot of people, a lot of fellow students or a lot of people who were my students who were coming back to art after, uh, you know, years or decades. Um because they put it aside at some point to do something more practical um, or they weren't encouraged at a young age or, um, or whatever, whatever happened. Uh, And I could see that there was a lot of regret in that. And I just didn't want to do that. Um, And I was lucky enough that I had parents who were pretty supportive, especially my mom, who was a um, creative person herself. She did watercolor painting and she did photography and she sort of um, understood that, um, that it's something that needs to be fostered and something that you need an education for you need training in. And lucky for me, she was kind of willing to help me with that (laughs) Um, and find those opportunities for me. Yes. uh, She was wonderful. (laughs) Um, So, um, so yeah, I had, I had some really lucky, lucky breaks along the way. Um, Now, you know, it's, not that it's easy, though. <laughs> no. So, there were definitely definitely challenges. I think one thing in particular, um, one thing in particular that is a challenge, I think, especially transitioning from being someone who's a student to being someone that is a professional or a teacher, um, is to have the confidence and the authority to sort of stand up and say, like, "Yes, I'm a professional." You kind of have to own it. There's not like a finish line or a diploma or a job that you get that says. I'm a professional now. It's something that you have to just embody and take on. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as a teacher, teaching art, that's kind of tricky because you're not going to know everything, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's it's too big. Visual language, painting, drawing, it's too big of a topic to say, well, I just know everything and therefore I'm the teacher and I'm the authority. It's ridiculous. If you have that mentality, you'll never get there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way you have to um i think first of all actually specialize um if you want to be a professional that means that you're uh, going to be a professional in some certain area and that means you have to say no to other things so specializing is very important um and then to have the um the, the confidence to say yes i'm the authority but also the humility to say You know, I'm not an expert in perspective. (laughs) You know, I don't know that much actually about like drawing architecture. Um, I also don't care to, (laughs) right? So it takes a certain amount of humility and knowing yourself to be able to say those things, but still say, yeah, I am the authority in in some areas um, as a teacher, right? Um, Not even necessarily in in general, but just in that moment, in that class, in that school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but those were some it thoughts does. I had as you were asking. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. <laughs> well, it definitely uh, leads perfectly into my next question, which oh, great. Um, which is something you know I don't usually come across um, artists who you know they work and they teach at the same time. Obviously, I mm-hmm. did when I was in school, but it isn't it isn't very common. So my question is, did you choose? Teaching, or did teaching choose you? (laughs) I love this
0: question (laughs) Um, because the answer is that teaching was chosen for me. Oh, Um, and I, uh, yeah, my very first job out of high school, I was 18, was teaching math, believe it or not, to Hmm. kids. I taught math from, you know, basically uh, like pre K math, essentially, through high school geometry. Um, and it was my, my parents' business. They had like a little tutoring, math tutoring, uh, learning center. And I was going to take a gap year before college. And I was their first employee. Um, and I, I didn't really have an option. but <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very glad that I did it. I, I, that was actually a very, uh, yeah, very influential thing on me. Kind of like GCA, actually. I didn't do it for that long, but it mm-hmm. made a big impact um, because I am not a math person. Uh, my dad is a math person. He loves math. He, he's the kind of person that like does math for fun. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, I was not a, uh, a, I was not a very good student in math. Um, I could do it eventually, but, um, uh, I was not a very good student in it. But then having to teach it made me realize how poorly taught math is in schools, at least in this country in general. And I'm not saying everywhere and everybody, but um, at, at least in my experience, the way it was taught to me, I was like, oh, wow, this was uh, a lot more confusing than it needed to be. Um, and it it made me realize that if you could present the information in a certain way, if you could speak a language that the kids would understand, <laughs> um, but actually, kids are pretty smart and they'll get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all in the in the delivery and in the way that you um, interpret the information so that that they can get it um, and understand what it is that they're trying to do and what's the goal and why is it important. Um, and that also illuminated to me how teaching drawing and painting often is not very well done. <laughs> uh-huh that uh some teachers are there for their own ego right they might be teaching to be the celebrated person in the room like oh what a master oh my goodness um but they're maybe not really doing it so that they can actually impart information and help somebody else you know learn something or connect with their subject or find um some artistic voice in themselves um uh and a lot of it's kind of the same thing. A lot of information, I think, especially in painting, is just not presented in a logical way that makes sense, that is clear. Uh, sometimes I feel like it's taught almost like uh, like alchemy or something. <laughs> like it's this mysterious thing and, uh, oh, just do this and then it'll work. But you don't know why. Uh, mm-hmm. and- <laughs> yeah, I see you're oh. nodding. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? There's yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and sometimes I think it's because the teacher themselves maybe doesn't totally understand what they're doing. Um, or they, they can't um, articulate what they're doing in a way that other people can understand it. Um, or they have to use a kind of language or sort of way of talking around the subject that you have to sort of be in the know almost in order to get it. Uh, and I don't like any of that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, man. I, Oh, you're <laughs> dropping some hard truths right there. And I'm all for it because wow. I feel the same exact way. Oh, oh. I'm so glad. Yes. 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 Oh, man. Now more than ever, it's crucial to have a website when you're an artist, especially if you want to be considered a professional in your career. Thankfully, with our special link, Faso.com forward slash podcast, you can make that come true and also get over 50% off your first year on your artist website. Yes, that's basically the price of 12 lattes in one year, which I think is a really great deal considering that you get sleek and beautiful website templates that are also mobile friendly, e-commerce, print on demand in certain countries, as well as access to our marketing center that has our brand new art marketing calendar. And the art marketing calendar is something that you won't get with our competitor. The Art Marketing Calendar gives you day-by-day, step-by-step guides on what you should be doing today, right now, in order to get your artwork out there and seen by the right eyes so that you can make more sales this year. So if you want to change your life and actually meet your sales goal this year, then start by going to our special link, FASO.com forward slash podcast. That's F-A-S-O.com forward slash podcast. Bold Brush would also like to give a huge thank you and shout out to Chelsea Classical Studio for their continued support in this podcast. If you're interested in archival painting supplies that are handmade with a lot of patience, then go check out their Instagram at CCS Fine Art Materials. It's such a struggle too because Yeah, go ahead. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's just it's such a struggle too, because I think oftentimes, you know, I don't want to put all of the pressure and responsibility to the teacher either but Mm -hmm. i do think a lot of people who struggle and also in mathematics i mean it's like if your teacher doesn't can't like you said articulate or they can't see your perspective on what you're having trouble with it's like they're never going to get it and if the teacher doesn't make the effort to try to see the other person's perspective then for sure like no and what's worse is that that really destroys the self-confidence of the student as well because they think oh my god I must be broken there's something wrong with me um and especially if it is an ego teacher which that's the hardest truth right there and those are (laughs) the worst teachers to have because they're around yeah and you literally learn nothing from them except like you just learn like I'm not gonna be like that (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they yeah. especially don't know how to teach, in my opinion. They just like they just show off. It's like, okay, yeah. like, we get it. You're really good. But like, how do I do the thing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's so weird.
0: It's like, yeah, we get it. You know what you're doing. What about me? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm here because I thought you would show how mm. to do the thing because I admire you. And it's really sad because it also destroys like that admiration that the student had for that person. Um, yeah. So it's really unfortunate. So I'm very glad that there are teachers like you out there who actually <laughs> give a damn. Um, and- oh, I give many dams, yes. Yes. <laughs> More than one. Yes. yes. I, I appreciate that. I, I
0: really, yeah, I relate to what you say because I can't even tell you how many students I've had that will say to me something like, uh, oh, yeah, I really loved art when I was a kid or when I was a teenager or whatever. And I had one teacher say something to me, right? Like, I had a teacher say, um, why are you doing it like that? Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just stuff like that. Just things like, uh, uh or, wow, you're just not good at this or, or whatever. It's things like that. And that was the reason that that person stopped making art for like, you know, 20 years or something. Um, or it, it could be, I've heard that story. Um, you know, I've heard versions of that story many, many times. Um, and to me, that's a, that's a teacher that's not there for the student. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a teacher that can't empathize, um, with the student, um, which we all should be able to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I really do think that on the whole, uh, artists are some of the nicest people, um, That you'll ever meet. Yes. (laughs) I'm sure you know that talking to so many of them, (laughs) Um, but they are, um, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of us have just been through the ringer trying to learn this stuff and it is so challenging and it is challenging on a level that when you start out, you can't even comprehend it, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) (laughs) making faces over there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um so you should have empathy as the teacher as someone who has made it to a certain point um you know you should be able to look at the person who is at a you know an earlier stage in their learning in their development and be able to say like oh yeah man i remember feeling like that and probably if you're human (laughs) you still feel like that plenty of times yourself right i mean there's no matter where you are in your learning and in your development and in your, um, in your, uh, you know, artistic career or whatever, um, you're still going to have days where you think, wow, I'm just a shitty painter. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh, 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 am I? Am I speaking the truth for you again? Hard
1: truths. (laughs) Hard truths again. Oh, that would be like the perfect title for this episode because it is. (laughs) Um,
0: But that's what painting is, I think. Painting is about looking and seeking truth, right? It's not what you think the flower looks like. What does it really look like? What is the flower really wanting you to know about it, right? And it's not a little cartoon daisy thing and it's not like a little swirl of petals it's something much deeper and much more complex than that and uh i think as, as artists we have to sort of seek out that what is the real thing what is that kernel of truth underneath all of the bullshit <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i'm sorry to swear again gosh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, i love it um oh, but it's uh Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, There's no other right word sometimes. Um, But uh, having the stubbornness and the hard headedness and the just, you know, willing to do it again and again and again to see that truth. I think it kind of helps you to see truth in other places, too. Right. Um, There's a certain honesty that you have to have in being a painter and being a teacher um, and uh, uh, and hopefully in other areas of your life as well because after all it's probably better to just see things as they are and to be honest about it. So oh
1: <laughs> yes. It it also saves you a lot of suffering. Um yeah. it, like in in the like <laughs> it's like a, like the Buddhist philosophy way where it's like things are what they are. If you if you dig too deep into it, it's you're no. <laughs> you're screwing it up (laughs) because usually at surface level that is what it is um Mm -hmm. and uh i think that maybe that's also why flowers can be so tricky because we make assumptions about them instead of just like that surface level just like you said it's like just look at what it's telling you it's right it's right there yeah um so it's almost like you have to unveil your eyes a little bit to really capture it is fascinating.
0: <laughs> I think that's, I think that's absolutely true. I don't know a whole lot about, um, um, Buddhism, but I know that one aspect is that, you know, we don't see the world as it is and that causes suffering.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? Yes.
0: Um, so if you can reverse that equation somehow, um, you know, maybe you can find, find something else. Uh, but I mean, of course, for an artist to be saying like, oh yeah, you can, we can be free of suffering. I'm not sure that that's completely true. I mean, we picked no. this after all, this yes. is super difficult, uh, <laughs> incredibly challenging lifelong pursuit that you are guaranteed to never master. Uh, yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, another hard truth. Jesus. I know. Oof. Oh my but, God. You know, I, I
0: think it is, uh, yes, you will never, you will never master everything. I, I will, I, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I am never going to be masterful at, perspective, or at drawing architecture, or probably even at doing landscapes, I'm, I'm just never going to be masterful at that. Um, you, you know what, that's okay, because I think having um, a very thin layer of mastery and expertise spread out over a lot of different things is not nearly as powerful as having a level of mastery that is maybe narrow, but runs very, very deep. Um, and that's sort of, I, th- I think, it goes back to a little bit of what I was saying about, you know, needing to specialize as a, as a professional, um, that you have to say no to certain things in order to say yes to something. Um, and uh, for me, that was oil painting and uh, still life. And then within that, almost <laughs> um, flowers. Uh, so mm-hmm. even a specialization within a specialization. Um, yeah. That I think sometimes uh, I read a lot of poetry. I like I just I love poetry that's like my other interest (laughs) besides Mm -hmm. painting is just reading a lot of poetry um and there's a poem by wallace stevens who's uh was an amazing american poet one of my favorites um and in a poem uh the auroras of autumn he mentions in a line uh the scholar of one candle and i think that's what i am i am a scholar of one candle i have one candle but i know it very deeply. Oh, <laughs> um, I love that. And what a nice image, right? I mean, I, I didn't come up with that. That's why I read this stuff, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh. and helps you, I think, to see your your own work and your own life in a slightly different way. When you um, put ideas like that in a new context, you can maybe see things more clearly again. Um, yeah. But I, I like to imagine being someone that just looks at one thing very intently and very deeply with a lot of, uh, um, with a lot of empathy, I hope. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. A scholar of oh. one candle. We should all be so lucky. Although there's nothing wrong with being good at a lot of stuff. If, you, if you're yeah. able to
1: do that, I mean, I'm just not sure mm-hmm. I have the capacity for that. So I understand that. Yeah. And that's the other interesting thing about um, our careers, artists is there are so many areas to specialize. And if you really think about it, Um, Mm -hmm. like a really good example is actually the painting of the Medusa's head. Um, I believe it's Mm -hmm. by Rubens and you know how it has like these intricate snakes. Yeah. He didn't paint them. (laughs) He just (laughs) painted the head and then he hired someone who was specialized in painting snakes to do it for him. That's incredible. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. But that happens throughout a lot of, uh, um, art, um, uh, you know, in art history i think uh is it bernini the really incredible sculptor um i'm pretty sure he had like a leaf guy (laughs) he had uh, yeah he had a a foliage guy like on call for when he needed like foliage in his sculptures because maybe he wasn't that great at it um or maybe he had better things to do um of course now we have a sort of different you know uh feeling about what it means to be an artist And that means you're supposed to be some kind of genius who can just do it all. Um, but that's not really how it was in, in the past. Um, I mean, you know, I think collaboration is also beautiful. It's maybe not what I tend to do myself, but, um, well, that's not true. Actually. Um, my, uh, my, my partner is also an artist, Mm. um, but he does illustration for, uh, themed entertainment for theme parks. Um, and he's, a very good painter (laughs) um and when i'm having a hard time with a composition with a with a painting because i always sort of feel like composition is uh, a a weak point for me i ask him i take a picture of it i put it on the ipad in procreate and i hand it to him and i say i'll make dinner you fix that painting (laughs) (laughs) i love that (laughs) collaboration Collaboration. Yeah. And usually he comes up with things that I would not have thought of and that I won't necessarily do exactly. But, you know, even if I don't take the note, you know, word for word, um, Mm -hmm. it helps me to figure out the problem still. And I mean, we should all do stuff like that more, I think, because that's really what the best art comes from, I think, is some kind of collaborative effort. You know, we're not just in a cave by ourselves trying to work out how to invent the wheel. You know, yeah. <laughs> Even if you're doing master studies to work out some problems, that is a collaboration, right? If you're True. going to school, that's a collaboration. So anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: Something like Nothing that. can <laughs> exist
1: in a vacuum. So
0: for sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yes. Ah. Yes. Oh. And uh that's one of the reasons why social media is so great too. Because um, mm-hmm. It's, it's such a great way to also connect with other artists, uh, specifically like in your own niche as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes if, if they're really nice, um, you can ask them for critiques, uh, which is also really nice. Very <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully they don't, they're not too hurtful because I, I know that, you know, for us artists, we can be very sensitive about critiques. But oh, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> we try to be cool about it. Um, try to be cool. Yeah. Which brings me to asking, um, how do you feel about social media as a marketing tool?
0: Oh, man. <laughs> this, this has been on my mind a lot lately. Um, I, I think back in September of last year, I had uh, maybe almost 10,000 followers on Instagram. And now I have, I think, uh, I haven't really checked today, but I think as of today, I have somewhere around 55,000. And um, uh, which... I, I think in my mind, I thought, when I get to a certain number of followers, life will be completely different. I'll be set. Um, <laughs> you're laughing. It's only. It's only. <laughs> I know, right? It took me a while to connect the dots on that, That that's not how it works, <laughs> yeah. um, which uh, probably your audience is already so knowledgeable about this already. They're probably thinking like, duh, <laughs> but it was not obvious to me. Um mm-hmm that social media is like an aspect of marketing. It's maybe a, a part or a first step, but it's not the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing really that I've been realizing lately, especially is that uh, Instagram doesn't care if Katherine Bobkowski grows and has a successful business. Uh, they care about Instagram growing and having a successful business. And actually helping me out might be you know, counterproductive to that goal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the the thing I've been realizing is that, and I think what people want too is an actual human connection, like actual interaction, conversation, a a personal connection that is not what you get from watching a twenty second reel on Instagram, although, I will continue to make 20 second reels and I'm very grateful for all of the people that enjoy them. Thank you. But, <laughs> but there's more, there's more than just that. Um, and uh, I mean, so I think it, it, you know, take that opportunity, whatever opportunity you have to make that connection on Instagram and get those folks that really love you off of the platform, get them to subscribe to your newsletter, let them know about your classes and workshops um let them know about who you are as a as a person. I mean, I listen. I I respond to every comment that I get on any of my posts. Wow. And if someone leaves me a nice and especially nice comment, I will thank them individually. And if someone leaves me a comment asking something about painting technique or asking something about um or even just saying something about art in general, Like I will answer their question. I will engage in that conversation um, always. Because to me, that's like the whole point of this thing. (laughs) It's social media. (laughs) It's not just there for me to like collect compliments and likes and follows and stuff. Like, oh, yes, this is great. No, (laughs) we're supposed to make some kind of a social connection with people. And I would advise anybody out there who's trying to like figure out how to use social media for their marketing or for their business, like try to make it personal. And if someone leaves you a nice comment, or if if you notice that, um, you know, someone has has followed you, maybe someone who's not in your circle of people that you're already familiar with, or or someone who's um, uh, maybe an artist that you like, or maybe a a account that's bigger than yours or whatever, like send them a message, (laughs) DM them and say, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I love your work. Wow um uh if people are asking you questions because they want to know about you or about your work like engage in that um check your message request <laughs> quite frankly so many things get just kind of lost in the shuffle uh-oh i'm speaking more truth i see <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i mean i think there's a fine line though sometimes it is uh like especially in the requests there'll be a lot of scammers mm-hmm. and also a oh, lot for of sure, uh, for sure
0: creepy people. Uh- <laughs> yes if yes. someone's just DMing you, Hey, you can probably delete that. Yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. you can. But I, I, I know that people notice when I uh, respond to their questions about painting, right. Mm-hmm. Or when people say something like, I learned so much watching this little video. Thank you. Um, I am going to pounce on that comment <laughs> to say, thank you so much. And that, that made my day because it did um, mm-hmm. and maybe even pin that comment like people notice when you do that kind of thing. So yeah. if you're um, you know, if you are um, on Instagram and on social media and just feeling like it's not working for you. I mean, one, you do have to, I think, find a way to connect with your um, audience, just with the content that you're putting out. Like, what do they want to see? What's going to be interesting to people uh, and figure out, uh, figure that out first. Uh, But then after that, don't just leave it there, like actually engage with that audience and um, show a little bit of your personality, who you are as a person, um, something that they can't get from just watching a a quick little reel or scrolling through a carousel of posts um, so that they feel like you as a person are interested. And that's going to make them interested. That's going to help them to click that Little link tree thing, or hit that subscribe button, which is ultimately what you want, I think, from your uh, social media presence. So, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I, you know, no one, no one really thinks about it. You know, oops, sorry, spoke <laughs> into my mic. No one really thinks about that. How it is social? You know, it's it's yeah. like it's not a one-way conversation only. It's a it's a two-way conversation. And uh, I agree. The more you milk that, or you know, the more you participate in that, the more you can benefit from it. Not just not just in the sense of like getting compliments, like you said. It's also like maybe you learned something from someone else. Maybe, you know, you never know. You never know. Yeah. And uh I don't I personally don't really believe in luck. I believe in like opportunity and being in the right place at the right time with the right oh, for sure. preparation, right? So mm-hmm. I think social media is one of the places for that, which is really cool. Um, That's a really and, good way to put it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Awesome.
1: I'm glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in terms of uh, the business side, mm-hmm. how do you personally handle the business side of your career?
0: I'm still learning, <laughs> quite honestly. I mean, well, one thing I, I, I think that kind of goes off of what I was just saying about social media is that, you know, people want to make a personal connection with you if you're an artist or a teacher. It's not just about selling a product. Like if I was, I think even if I was just selling a product, you know, people care about who they're buying from, people care about what does that product represent? And what does it mean for me? What does it say about me that I would, you know, pay money for that? Um, I think it's even more so if you're talking about art, or talking about someone who wants to learn how to draw or paint. I mean, that's even more personal, (laughs) right? Um, So again, I think it's about, um, you know, looking for that human connection and creating the opportunities, like you said, for that to happen. So yeah, get people off of your social media uh, uh, page or whatever and get them onto your newsletter. And then don't just send out a newsletter, send out a personal email to like your top 10 clients, right? And then don't just email them like call them and text them and meet them in person, <laughs> like yes. you know, create that human connection, right? Because uh, people are, people will be so much more interested in your work and in what you do as an artist and as an instructor and as an as a whatever if they're also interested in you as a person, right? Mm-hmm. I think that is absolutely the case, and I know for artists, like look. I get it. <laughs> I am actually very introverted. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't maybe guess it from this interview. I've been just like talking so much, but I am actually a very, very introverted person. And my ideal evening is being all alone by myself in my studio painting until 1am probably. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Same. <laughs> I see your face. You're like, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. that's the, that is the ideal. On some level, I think you have to get over it a little bit, right? I mean, don't not do those things, of course. Like we all need our alone time. We all need that recharging time. And we all need time in the studio. I mean, that's just that's just a given that you're going to spend hours in the studio painting. Um, but don't forget that um, a part of uh, being an artist is not the work that you produce, but it's also you, right? That's part of the, the thing that you have to put out there. Um, and I know so many artists that so many friends of mine that um you know won't even put a picture of them <laughs> on their website or a picture of themselves on their like little uh-oh uh oh
1: am I speaking more truth? <laughs> yeah. I mean I it's like who is this person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't
0: don't have like a logo for your profile picture. Like it's your face, okay? That that is who you are that says something to people. Mm-hmm. Um that it's uh, it's again it's it's personal um that you are a part of the work that you are especially if you're a teacher who are people going to want to take classes from a logo no <laughs> of course not <laughs> um, uh, yeah to try to make a human connection with people um and the the more you do that the more they're actually going to be interested in investing in you in your product in your work um and anything else that you have to offer so That's very true. That was basically it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I was also wondering if you have any words of wisdom for, for example, like your younger self that, you know, maybe your younger self would have wanted to hear. And also that would benefit our listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, one thing is, um, which I hope, this doesn't sound like too much of a bummer but um this is a lot of work you know um learning to paint uh finding your your voice your the thing that you want to say that is worth sharing with the world and then learning how to say that thing um gosh it's a lot of work you shouldn't let that intimidate you but it's just you know it's not like how it is in the movies right you're not just going to like waltz into a studio and just like slap some paint on a canvas and someone's going to pay you a million dollars for it. It'd be really nice if that was how it was, but, um, yeah. uh, but be prepared that it's a, uh, it's a lot of work. And a lot of it is actually very boring. Um, and if you're a person that, you know, uh, doesn't like being bored, <laughs> or maybe doesn't find boring things to be really exciting. Um, well, you know, uh either find a way around that or maybe there's a another thing for you to invest your time and effort into Mm -hmm. um you know teaching so many students i i'm still surprised sometimes at how many of them are just um just shocked (laughs) (laughs) uh oh this is actually hard what yeah it is (laughs) it's very hard and making a business out of it is even more difficult um so number one be prepared to work really hard um That's not a bad thing, but also you can do it, right? Yes. Um, also you are, you are, I'm sure if you are listening to a podcast like this, if you have put up with what I've had to say so far, (laughs) I guarantee you have the patience (laughs) and that, and you are probably smart enough and interested enough to make it happen. Um, but, uh, it takes the time investment and it takes, I think, um, the the security and the willingness to be vulnerable enough to say no to certain things and to say, I don't know certain things um, and to invest instead in the things that you really, really do care about. Um, yeah, painting, I think in a way it takes uh, this very um, balanced approach between extremes, right? You have to, on the one hand, be very confident and at the one hand be extremely humble. <laughs> on one hand, be totally invested in your work, right? And on the other hand, be willing to throw it away, trash it, start over in a moment's notice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be willing to invest so much time, so much care, and at the same time be improvisational, intuitive, gestural. Uh always you have to have this kind of balance between these extremes. And to just live in that in that crazy wild sauce of stuff because we're artists and we're cool with that. Yeah. Um, and don't expect it to ever be, uh, um, you know, uh, easy. Don't expect yourself to always just have the right answer to have all your steps together. We're all just figuring this out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and to give yourself a break on that too. That's Beautiful. what I would say. <laughs>
1: Beautiful. Yes. Actually, I would also say, Thank you. yeah, I would also say if you do find that you have the answer, or if you if you feel like <laughs> everything's going great, you might have to double check everything because it might not. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's probably a hundred percent. Either you're just you're like plateauing or you're not seeing things very clearly.
0: <laughs> That's the amazing thing I think about about art is that uh, as soon as you think. Oh, I got it. <laughs> it just bats you right back down. Like, no, (laughs) actually, everything is different from what you expected. Um, And probably more beautiful and more complicated, too. I mean, that's a but that's a beautiful thing, too, if you can be open and receptive to that. Um, And I I would I would say that, too, as as advice to people, not just being an artist, but running a business, too, is to just be uh, open and receptive to opportunities, like you said, open and receptive to new information, to changing your mind um to uh taking a chance on things uh to asking for help <laughs> to to just asking like uh oh hey can i can i teach at your school can i show work in your gallery i love the stuff that you have here um you don't ask you don't get <laughs> so, uh you know begin being uh open to all those possibilities in your art practice and also in your business i think and also in your life probably pretty good way to move through the world and if nothing else it'll be interesting
1: yes yes (laughs) all these hard truths oh I love it yeah oh Oh, man and then um you did mention to me earlier that you have really exciting Mm -hmm. upcoming workshops do you mind telling oh (laughs) great.
0: oh see you can tell what a great business person I am I almost forgot to talk about So uh, yes, I have uh, I have uh, a, a, an online workshop and an online live class starting in May, um, both starting in, in May. Uh, I'm gonna teach uh, painting flowers, simple shapes and values with Winslow Art Center starting uh, May 22nd. Um, I think that's a six week class all online. Uh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna talk about different flower shapes, uh, how to approach them. Different techniques for painting different kinds of flowers. I'll talk a lot about um, color, uh, paint applications stuff like that. It's going to be great. Um, and then with New Masters Academy, uh, also in May, I'm going to teach a charcoal drawing class. Uh, charcoal drawing, studying from the masters, um, which again, you know, uh, studying the the masters. I, I said earlier, it's a, a collaboration. Um, I really do believe that you, you can learn so much from looking at the great work that has come from the past. And for anyone who is um, wanting to improve their painting skills or is wanting to um, you know transition from drawing to painting, uh, charcoal drawing is a really great medium with which to do that in. Um, it's a painterly technique. It's the, the most similar uh, to painting in oil that you can get while still working in a drawing medium. So that's with New Masters Academy, um, uh, Charcoal Master Copies, starting May 3rd. Um, and then all the way <laughs> a year from now, I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, um, which I'm very excited about. I love Nashville, um, teaching a three-day painting workshop, um, Painting Beautiful Florals with a Warehouse 521. Um, I'm super excited about that. It's uh, a very compressed experience, just three days, April 4th through the 6th in 2024. Um, we're going to paint flowers from life. Uh, we're going to um, uh, talk about uh, working from life and what that is like. Very, very difficult, very immediate sort of, uh, you know, out of the frying pan and into the fryer, whatever, whatever the <laughs> saying is. Um, I think, compared to working from photos, um, you really have an immediate experience and a very uh, one-to-one sort of uh, uh, experience of looking deeply at the flower and trying to understand it on that level. Um, So that's three days in Nashville, Tennessee, Warehouse 521, um, and beginning of April 2024. So I hope to see you there.
1: (laughs) Exciting. And then uh, where can people find you then online? Oh, yes. Um,
0: online. Well, my <laughs> website is just my name, Catherine with a C, Bob B-O-B-K-O-S-K-I dot com, And my Instagram handle is C, Bob B-O-B-K-O-S-K-I. Um, and I, I, I teach online. I teach for a new master's academy. I teach all over the place. Um, I have videos on my website. I offer one-on-one mentorships. Um, all kinds of stuff. So I'm easy to find. And as I said earlier, I respond to all my comments on Instagram. So if you have questions, or if you want to start a conversation, or if you just want to hear from me, uh, comment or message me and I will get back to you. (laughs) So it's an open invitation to create that human connection.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you so
0: much. This was so much fun. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for your wonderful questions.
1: Thank you for answering them so thoroughly. I love that. Oh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) of course. Anytime. (laughs)